0: This is gonna be huge. this is gonna be our final Just when I think you said the stupidest thing ever, you keep talking. I think that's the worst thing I've ever had. That boy ain't right. The simplest way to put it, I have problems. Welcome to the alleged show. you home on a monday edition of the sports rush it is your daily local sports fix four to six i am brett rump along with adam lundy and we have got as you'd expect a packed show up until six o'clock so many things to talk about over the weekend of course with college basketball nfl news college football tonight the national championship with washington and michigan Uh, but we've got it all covered. We've also got you connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. And since it is such a big show, we also are on Facebook live. That's right. We're streaming the show from inside the studio. You can actually watch the show by going to Facebook.com slash 1380 the fan. That's Facebook.com slash 1380 the fan. And we will be on probably until I don't know, five or five fifteen, somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, We often don't do the whole two-hour show because, number one, it creates a very long video. But, number two, uh, it also kind of drains things out of the old uh, computer battery. So, anyway, we are with you here on the Sports Rush. Got to make sure my phone's turned off. I don't think I turned my phone off. Oh, it's a Monday. One of those professional things you're supposed to do.
1: (laughs) uh adam have a good weekend yeah not bad at all uh, other than uh, a couple sporting events that we can't be too happy yeah. about the results of but uh, other than that uh fun weekend chill yeah, weekend
0: and uh got a little snow on the ground this yeah. weekend yeah it came a couple weeks late here came, would have liked a white christmas came and went now it's supposed to come again yeah. and maybe go again and uh some of us depending on where we're listening right now might be getting some snow might be getting some rain might be getting a little bit of a mix uh coming up tonight into tomorrow Uh, But anyway, so Saturday night, kind of the big uh, highlight of the weekend, the Indianapolis Colts had their entire season come crumbling down on one fourth and one play. Now, you know, would they have won the game if they made the fourth and one? No guarantees. And so it's not like the whole season failed because they failed on the fourth and one. Now, the only chance they had to continue the season was to make the fourth and one, which, of course, we all know by now. They did not. And the question is, why didn't they make it? And was there something that the coaching staff did wrong that led to the Colts failing on fourth and one? First of all, you've got to count on players to make plays. And both players on both ends of that pass, the one who threw it, Gardner Minshew, and the one who tried to catch it. Uh, was it Tyson Goodson, Tyler Goodson? Uh, he, 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 Both those players had a chance to make that play. It's Tyler Goodson, by the way, but that's, of course, you know, all Colts fans don't know who the heck that guy was that came out of the backfield because it wasn't Jonathan Taylor and it wasn't Zach Moss. And both of them were healthy, Uh, but it was Tyler Goodson, basically uh, a practice squad guy who, uh, according to coach Shane Steichen, he's the pass catching running back. Well, then when you put him into the game and you take out your star running back, Jonathan Taylor, you basically are carrying a great big billboard out with you into the the field and on the field and in the huddle saying we're going to pass it here. And we even brought our pass catching running back into the game. Now, uh, to, to the Colts credit, they executed the play perfectly. They got the guy wide open. That play reminded me a lot. And I don't know the exact play design because I didn't go back and look at it and try to compare it with what Michigan ran. But do you remember the fourth down play on the final drive for the Michigan Wolverines where they slipped Blake Corum out of the backfield? That play the Colts ran reminded me a lot of the Michigan play where they dumped it off the quorum and he ended up running down the sideline, gained what, 10, 12 yards, 15 yards? I don't even remember what he got. But the idea was that Michigan converted it. Because they threw a nice, soft, accurate pass that it was easy to handle for Quorum. Minshew could have made it much easier for Goodson to handle it, but that's a very catchable ball. Goodson had time to react to it, to adjust to the throw being slightly behind him. And really it was more back shoulder or back hip throw than it was completely behind him. Uh, if you watch, it actually uh, by the time the ball got there, it was just about aligned with his back hip. So it wasn't really a, a throw he had to reach for. Uh I it it was it was not a well executed play. It was not a bad play call. I I you know, but personnel wise, would the Colts have been better suited to have different players in those positions to make that play? If someone's gonna drop it should it have been Jonathan Taylor that dropped it? Then we we'll would be asking the question, why didn't you put somebody in that has better hands than Jonathan Taylor? Because Jonathan Taylor's not necessarily known as a receiver. Zach Moss, should he have been the guy? I quite honestly would not have taken Taylor out of the game for one reason. And I, just, I mentioned it just a moment ago. Because as soon as you pull Taylor, you tell the opponent you're not running the football. Take all the pressure off their front seven and uh jonathan taylor had been getting the ball getting the ball and getting the ball and on fourth down and one i think you've got to make the defense think that maybe jonathan taylor is going to get this and there was none of that thought process houston could almost relax on the run knowing that the colts were not going to pound them with jonathan taylor one more time I mean, what did Jonathan Taylor run? Six or seven runs on that final drive? It just seemed like they kept giving it to him, giving it to him, giving it to him. And I thought three yards at a time still leaves fourth and one. And that's basically what ended up happening. You know, if you get three on first down, you got second and seven. You get three more on second down, you got third and four. If you get three more on third down, you got third and one. So if you keep running the football and getting three yards a shot, that's basically what you're going to be left with. And that's exactly what the Colts had. Fourth down and one and... Jane Steichen outsmarted himself. And that's one of the things about being a really smart person. Now, Adam, let me explain this to you, maybe in language that you can understand. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the problem with being smart, and I'm one to know. Uh, the problem with being too smart is all of a sudden you believe you have to have all the information to make the decision because you always want to make a right one because you expect yourself to make the right one because you are the smartest person in the room. And so you don't want to make a mistake and make a dumb decision because you didn't take enough time to collect the data to put into your computer-like brain and figure out what the best outcome would be. Well, any Colts burned a timeout. They shouldn't have burned there. They should have known on fourth and one what kind of play are we going to run because in a final possession where you know you're going to go for it, you've got to be prepared for those short yardage situations or those do or die type plays. Whether it's a two-point conversion, whether it's fourth and short, they should have a pretty good idea looking at the defense up to that point. How is Houston going to line up? And the thing is, when you call a timeout, you allow Houston to line up differently. So there's no guarantee that what you saw before you called the timeout, is going to be what you get from Houston. Uh, But Shane Steichen, evaluating the entire process, decided it was best to call the timeout, gather some more information, and then come to the conclusion of what play to call. Uh, Sometimes you want more information than is really necessary. Perhaps the best call in that situation would have been to hand it to Jonathan Taylor and say, get us a yard behind this offensive line. Jonathan Taylor had been running it pretty consistently and ran it for 180 yards plus on 30 carries, 6.3 yards per carry for the, for the night. So certainly uh, getting a yard by just handing it to him could be something that you'd expect. But sometimes when you're really smart, instead of doing what you do best, you try to become that genius in the room And try to do what the Texans are expecting the least. That's what makes you different. That's what makes you brilliant. Is when you're able to come up with a play that your opponent has no idea to expect it. And uh, instead of choosing a play based on your strength... You choose the play based on Houston's perceived weakness. And we know for a fact that Shane Steichen did that when he said they gave us a look that we were really happy with that play call. And so he wanted Houston to basically show their cards before he then decided how to play his cards. That's what smart people do. The only problem with that is it also slowed the game down, gave Houston a chance to get a break and prepare for a fourth down play when you had them a little bit on their heels. Taking out Jonathan Taylor, I think, took all of the surprise out of the play. I'd have, I'd have actually faked the dive play or a run up the middle to Taylor and then thrown the ball because I think you would have taken any linebacker in the vicinity of that play got him out of the way so it was a very clear path because there was one defender who was coming off the edge. And if you notice how he came off the edge, how was he coming off the edge? He was coming off the edge like he was pass rushing. Why was he coming off the edge like he was pass rushing? Because he expected the Colts to pass because they didn't have Jonathan Taylor in the game. By doing that, He was wide enough that he did create a little bit of interference on the throw. But ultimately, when Minshew threw it, and he threw it a little bit sidearm, if you notice. He he dropped down, threw a little bit sidearm. The reason? There was a guy coming on the pass rush around the left end. So, uh, I think you would have taken that away by having Taylor on the field. But again, now I'm starting to sound like the smartest guy in the room, overanalyzing everything. But I would say fake the handoff to Taylor, then dump it off, and maybe it's a tight end that has to go out and get the pass. Maybe it's it's Josh Downs who has to kind of sneak across and flare out into that left flat. But somehow uh, throwing it to a guy, Tyler Goodson, with the season on the brink, is probably not the best answer. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. That wasn't how the Colts lost, by the way. Uh, Let's be clear. We put all our focus on this one play, and I understand that because there's a lot to focus on with that one play. But the Colts had gone like 0 for 9 on third down conversions till they finally converted one there on that final drive. Uh, they had no defensive game plan or scheme to slow down Nico Collins, who'd already hurt them at one time this year and the first time they met. Uh, he ended up with nine receptions for 195 yards. Now, you would think that's the guy the defense has to key on, and he's able to catch nine balls for 195 yards, including an over-the-top 75-yard connection on the very first play of the game. That's inexcusable. I mean, your defense has to key on that guy because he's their top receiver. He's the go-to guy for C.J. Stroud. you got to be able to double him. He made some key, key catches in that game, and a lot of times it was against man-to-man, solo coverage, no help. Uh, Not covering a tight end in the end zone on a messed-up coverage, Uh, that might be one of the reasons the Colts lost. It might be a good idea that when they send two guys out on the pattern, you cover both of them. And unfortunately, the Colts only covered one. That tight end was as wide open as you're going to see a guy in the NFL standing in the end zone. And then uh, the final drive for Houston, when they got the go-ahead touchdown, they had second down and 20. And the Colts allow a 17-yard completion to the tight end because they missed the tackle at the point of reception. And he ended up running for about an extra 12 or 13 yards and ended up setting up third down and three, which they then converted. So Colts had their opportunities to not have to rely on that final play. They didn't lose this game entirely on a fourth down and one call. They lost it because they didn't make enough plays and they gave up too many to Houston. And quite honestly, they deserve to lose. And that's what they got. 46862. Parkview Sports Medicine text line 46862. And then the dagger. <laughs> I mean Oh, it was how tough was it to watch Jacksonville then lose to Tennessee and realize if the Colts would have won that game on Saturday night at home, that the Colts would be the AFC South Division champions.
1: Yeah, that definitely stings a little bit. Uh, Probably stings more for Jacksonville fans. Honestly, though, that was just Uh, a complete, complete collapse of a season.
0: One in five over the last six games. And that's the amazing thing. Is last year I, I saw this on uh, TV last night. In fact, I think I saw it on Football Night in America. That uh, last year, with uh, five or six games left in the season, Jacksonville had like a three percent chance to make the playoffs. And then they went five and zero over the last five games and got in
1: and made it in. And
0: then this this season, year yeah. they were ninety seven percent with six games left. And 97% to make the playoffs, and they find themselves on the outside looking in. So you've got uh, Houston winning the division. What we all had coming at the that, uh, start of the NFL season. Kind of locks it up, I think, for C.J. Stroud, doesn't it? Rookie As far, of the oh, year. Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. much hands down uh stroud by the way had a pretty impressive night 20 of 26 264 yards two touchdowns never got picked two sacks uh do we uh do we fire gus bradley no no i well not just because of of that but uh i mean I, it may be time to move on i've I've not been a huge gus bradley fan uh i think the defense has been far too inconsistent a lot of times that's just being unprepared but uh, but there were some things on Saturday night that, uh, I mean, you cannot let their best player – it's the Bill Belichick philosophy, right? Bill Belichick will tell you uh, you got to take away what the opponent does best. And if you can, take away the top two things they do well. And in this case, the Colts really didn't take away anything. They didn't take away C.J. Stroud because they allowed him to be able to throw the ball without a whole lot of pressure, only a couple of sacks. And they let the best receiver catch nine balls for 195 yards. Now, on the flip side, Houston could probably say the same thing because you go into the game feeling like uh, you've got to shut down Jonathan Taylor, and Taylor carries it 30 times for 188 yards. But, But he only had one touchdown. And despite how good a running back can be, again, it's tough to win games riding a running back. A hot quarterback? It's possible. A hot running back, the other team is still in the game. And that's what happened. 46862, let us know your thoughts. Colts lose to the Texans. And uh, next year, the Colts will get Anthony Richardson. We're going to talk a little bit about what's ahead for the Colts. Because now we know who the opponents are going to be, home and away, coming up next season. We'll talk about the next year's schedule coming up all right uh, let's go ahead and get the headlines for today i know things are happening it's black monday in the nfl and again it does not disappoint we've got news give us today's top headlines adam lundy
1: all right you betcha brett there have been two nfl head coach firings so far today the day known as black monday The Atlanta Falcons fired head coach Arthur Smith and the Washington Commanders have fired head coach Ron Rivera. I
0: got to I got to correct you, though. Arthur Smith was a Black Sunday firing. He didn't even make it through. He didn't even make it to midnight.
1: Right. Right before midnight there last night. So we'll count him as a Black Sunday, I guess. (laughs) Colts cornerback Tony Brown, who was one of the two players suspended the final three regular season games for undisclosed conduct detrimental to the team was waived today by the Colts in a series of roster moves. I have the full set of roster moves. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. Wink Martindale is resigning as defensive coordinator of the New York Giants to pursue head coaching and defensive coordinator opportunities elsewhere. He spent 10 years in Baltimore before working the last two with the Giants. He leaves a defense that tied the NFL lead in takeaways this season with 31. And the Purdue Boilermakers held their place atop the AP Top 25 on the men's side today following their win over Illinois in a Top 10 showdown, while Houston jumped over Kansas into the second-place spot as the last unbeaten team in Division I men's college basketball. The Boilermakers, who beat the number 9 Illini 83-78 to last week, remain at number 1 for the fourth straight week. UConn and Tennessee round out this week's Top 5. And that's your top stories.
0: We, we had some fun with that Purdue-Illinois game, didn't oh, we? Oh,
1: my goodness.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> Everybody thought, announcers jinx. I was going to do it again, right? Because right. I, I said on the postgame show, on the high school postgame show, sitting with Eric Dukevich, who's a big uh, Purdue fan. Yeah. It's over. Boilers got it. They're up 19, second half. There's no chance. It's over. Completely so, over. And then I'm listening in my car, and it's down to like... You know, eight points, seven points, five points. Then it's like a one possession game. I'm like, oh, I am going to be in so much trouble with dude. Uh, but uh, Purdue held on and, and credit to Illinois. They made a a big time comeback in a very tough, hostile environment, but uh, unfortunately fell short.
1: There was a terrible uh, flagrant foul that was
0: called after yeah. review. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Was that uh, Lance Jones? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and everybody is still questioning exactly what was the determination of that. No, um, but, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, 46862, we'd love to hear from you today. Also, we're going to give you a chance later in the show to win tickets to go to the Shrine Circus. It is coming to the Coliseum January 26th through 28th. We have a four pack of Shrine Circus ticket vouchers that you could win from us today. Here on the Sports Rush. Tin Caps announced today their 2024 promotional calendar. And what type of promotions they're going to be running this summer down at Parkview Field for Tin Caps Baseball. And it reminds us that even though the weather may be kind of crappy right now, we've got better weather that's not far away. In fact, uh, what is it? Three months from today? or pretty close to it. Uh, let's see. What is today? January 4th? No, January 4th. <laughs> January... 8th, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I said fourth. They, I, looked down, I looked down here and was reading. Um, but uh, it is January 8th and Thursday, February 8th. Tickets will go on sale. And the uh, opening day is Tuesday, April 9th. It's the 9th. Right. And then the regular season concludes on September 8th. So a lot of eights. And I said it was the fourth. I I actually I, I glanced down and I saw a four, and it just came out of my mouth. But anyway, here's some of the promotions that they've got planned this week that uh, we did not know about until today's media release. Uh, you can get get a chance to meet Bluey. It's
1: a very popular kids show nowadays. <laughs> I
0: I used to know all the kids shows, and yeah. then my kids outgrew the kids shows, and so I, I've not seen kids shows for a while. Bluey uh meet blue day is sunday june 30th uh and then uh, actor jim o'hare uh who played jerry on parks and rec you told me a story you met jerry yeah yeah or actually you met jim uh (laughs) not his character (laughs) You met Jim in Chicago.
1: Yeah, I was uh, walking to class when I was still at DePaul and uh, stopped into Starbucks. And he was just sitting right there at the window seat at the little bar that looks out the window. And I just said, hey, you're uh, Jerry from Parks and Rec, aren't we're, you?
0: We're going to take you downtown on July 5th when he <laughs> appears for TV sitcom night. We're going, And you can go up and say, hey, remember me? Starbucks, yeah, I was Chicago. The guy that, I was the guy that took a selfie with you through the window. <laughs> through the window. <laughs> well,
1: because I wanted to talk to him, but then I left and I was like, I was thinking, oh, I want to get a selfie, but I, I didn't want to go back in, so I took it through the outside window. Oh, my <laughs> gosh.
0: Uh, but here's a big one. Uh, of course, everybody knows the movie Sandlot. Everybody knows Squints, Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, how do you not know one of the more memorable scenes in movie history, right? <laughs> Come on, Squints. Uh, Chauncey Leopardi is the actor's name, and he is going to be at Parkview Field on Friday, September 6th, when it is a salute to baseball movies night. That's awesome. It is awesome. Love a good baseball flick. Best baseball movie. Uh, Bull Durham. I'll say Field of Dreams.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: I like it. Uh, would
1: be my favorite. I just Something about Bull Durham. It's just got a classic Americana feel that I, I mean, really like.
0: When I was a kid, one of the very first movies I was even allowed to see was Bad News Bears. Ooh, that's a classic, too. Yeah, and it also dates me. <laughs> uh, but I, I saw Bad News Bears as a kid. Uh, of course, then Sandlot. And oh, yeah. He had Field of Dreams, Angels in the Outfield. What am I missing? Bull Durham, you mentioned. Um what am I missing? I feel like I'm missing one that's obvious. Four six eight six two. Yeah, somebody is sitting there saying, yelling at the radio right now, and I'm not hearing them. You're missing blah. Yeah, blah 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 <laughs> blah. Okay. Uh, some of the other uh, special dates coming up this uh, this summer. Uh, they've got Friday, May seventeenth, Love and Roses Night. There you go, Adam this would be a perfect opportunity for you to
1: <laughs> me and nobody else.
0: <laughs> uh, let's see. They've got dino night on Saturday, May 25th. Hey, Daisy the... throwback night on Saturday, June 8th. Uh, the princess night, which has become a popular, uh, annual event is Tuesday, June 18th. They've got the, uh, Superstars making an appearance uh, a couple of times on Saturday, July 6th, and Saturday, September 7th. In fact, think about that. July 4th, you've got the Fort Wayne fireworks. Mm -hmm. July 5th, you've got TV sitcom night. And July 6th, you've got Superstars. Then there's other nights are Harry Potter night. Uh, They will be home for the Three Rivers Festival fireworks. And, uh... Star Wars Night is Friday, May 16th. They must be on the road May 4th because, you know, May, May 4th, the 4th is... Yeah, yeah May the 4th you. be with you. Uh, but anyway, there you go. The complete schedule of promotions is available on the website at TinCaps.com.
1: Another popular one uh, that was a hit this past season will be returning as well. The Hoosier State Tenderloins
0: will be oh, back. Yeah, yeah the uh, they've got the weekend uh, scheduled, so... Maybe you'll have the specials on the tenderloins. I think they sold out of tenderloins last year. Well, that, that was bigger than they expected it to be. It I was know huge. That. Yeah, a lot of a lot
1: of sandwiches consumed. We're getting a bunch of baseball movies on the text okay, line Okay,
0: yeah. What are the baseball movies? Uh, we got Moneyball, The Natural, uh, Major. The Natural was the one I was trying to think. I I knew I was missing one.
1: Some other ones that we got sent in real quick: Rookie of the Year, Little Giants, A League of Their Own, Angels in the Outfield. A lot of classics
0: in the baseball genre. Yep. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Uh, Boy, have we got a great weekend of wild card football. I'm ready. The matchups worked out perfectly. Uh, Now, I don't know if you've got the greatest uh, lineup of teams because there's a couple surprises of teams that ended up sneaking in, including the Houston Texans, but... Uh, You do have some very intriguing matchups. This is almost like when when the NFL, once in week one, they want to get some of those matchups to be, you know, the guy who left a team and now is the villain. It's almost what you've got because Rams are at Detroit. So you have, for the first time, Matt Stafford back in Detroit taking on Jared Goff. Both quarterbacks played with the respective opponents going into that game on on I don't know if that's a Saturday or Sunday game. You've got Green Bay at Dallas, and of course that's the Mike McCarthy bowl. You've got Cleveland and Houston. Now there's no Deshaun Watson on the field, but it is, you know, the former Houston quarterback. Bigs worked out much better for the Texans in that deal than they did for the Cleveland Browns. Uh but uh but yeah, you've and then you've got The matchup of quarterbacks in that Cleveland-Houston game, old Flacco versus young C.J. Stroud. Joe Flacco joked. I don't know if you heard this the other day. uh, He was talking to the media, and he said, yeah, if I wouldn't have been more careful when I was in high school, some of these guys could be my kids. Uh, (laughs) Because they're joking about how now at like 38 years old, he deals with playing with, with guys that are 21, 22 years old in the locker room. Four six eight six two Parkview Sports Medicine text line. All right, so uh, we got to give away tickets, and uh, I, I I haven't checked the word. Maybe you can check.
1: Yeah, I'll check it.
0: Okay, check clowns. See All if right. We, see if we can use clowns. Uh, we've got to come up with a good word for our keyword to give away a four pack of tickets to the Shrine Circus. They are ticket vouchers, so you'll receive these and be able to exchange them at the box office to pick up. Uh, your choice of four tickets. And uh, the show, the circus is coming to the Coliseum, by the way, January 26th through 28th. And just real quick, we are also on Facebook today. I forgot to mention that we're streaming live at Facebook.com slash 1380 The Fan. And you can actually watch the show. Clowns is good to go. Good. That's our word today. Clowns. Uh, it's not a reference to us. It's actually a reference to the circus. <laughs> But if you want to technically call us clowns. <laughs> well, we've been called clowns before. Uh but anyway, it is C L O W N S clowns. Today's keyword, the phrase that pays, because you could be in the running then to get a four-pack of Shrine Circus vouchers. Uh just text clowns to four six eight six. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Plenty to talk about with college basketball on the other side. This is the Sports Rush on 1380, the fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix four to six. For those of you that are watching us on Facebook, just got some bonus content during the commercial break with Derek Decker jumping in. Derek got to spend Saturday night in the Colts radio booth, and he was there right behind Matt Taylor and Rick Venturi as uh, the ball was dropped on fourth down and one. Oh. But uh, now he said Venturi's point was that uh, great play call and uh, was fine with personnel because he felt like uh, the change of personnel was necessary for that play, but... He also said that uh, you got to be able to execute that. When you when you get a, a play that that just plays out perfectly and a guy is open, you've got to be able to get him the football. And for some reason, Minshew looked very anxious to get rid of the football. Looked like he threw it almost off his back foot, like he like he didn't really set and throw it. He kind of just turned and slung it real quick and a little bit of a sidearm throw. An inaccurate throw, and it was uh, not close enough for Tyler Goodson to be able to handle it. But that was the game. I mean, as soon as that ball went off his fingertips, it was Houston that was going to advance into the playoffs and eventually become the AFC South champion because Jacksonville laid an egg again against Tennessee to end the season. And I'll give credit. I watched that game. Tennessee played well. But yeah, but Trevor Lawrence was not good. No. A, and and uh, you know you you can complain all you want about Gardner Minshew versus C.J. Stroud, but Trevor Lawrence is their franchise guy. He did not deliver for Jacksonville over the last five weeks of the season. I know he was hurt. Right. He he missed a game, but but he was he was not good enough against Tennessee. That's and, all I'll say.
1: And if he's too injured to the point where he delivers results like that, what's the point of even playing him?
0: Well, you know, you've got to play him, but he also has to understand he can't do things that hurts his team or, or you know, and he made a couple of, I mean, just, yeah, th- it wasn't an injury, Adam. There were a couple of throws that he made where he missed a guy by, by 10, 15 feet. I mean, it wasn't close. I mean, that fourth down throw, uh, he sailed it over his receiver. I mean, he threw it. 12 yards downfield, farther than where the receiver was breaking on the route. It it wasn't even close. Yeah, that's not because of an ankle. Yeah, it wasn't an ankle. Or a shoulder. Just a bad, bad throw on a key play. 46862 is Parkview Sports Madison, text line. Don't forget to text us the word clown. Was it clown or clowns? It was plural. Clowns. Clowns. Uh, To 46862. Clowns. That will get you into the running For a 4 vac of Shrine Circus Vouchers. The circus is coming back to town on January 26th through 28th at the Memorial Coliseum. Uh, Have you been? Not since I was a kid. No? Uh, I went, well, I took my kids Mm -hmm. when they were of circus age. (laughs) And and then I did go one time uh, back when I was about 30 years old. But other than that. I have not been back to the circus. I always enjoyed the circus, but uh, but anyway, if you want to take your family, four pack of tickets.
1: You're not one of those people that are afraid of clowns or anything.
0: No, no fear of clowns, no fear of the animals, or yeah, clowns do seem to be one of those. It's like it's like spiders. Yeah, you either are terrified or you don't care. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody that's like, eh, it's like either terrified or you're fine with them, but. Clowns kind of the same way. You either find them funny or you're completely frightened out of your mind. (laughs) 46862. Oh, to be a clown. 46862. That's the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Uh, Over the weekend, Mastodons finally lost a Horizon League game. Unfortunately, it uh, was to Wright State who put up 106 points against the Mastodons. Unbelievable. Now... Got into a little bit of a back and forth on Twitter about how a defense gives up 106 points. Let me say this. The number one field goal percentage team in the entire country is Wright State. The one thing you know they can do is they can really shoot the basketball. Yeah. Here's one of the problems with that is the Mastodons play a very fast pace. In fact, they're one of the top 25 or 30 uh, teams as far as tempo and time of possession. So the Mastodons play really fast. That means the game has more possessions, which means the other team's going to get more shots. And if they're a really good shooting team and they get more shots, they're going to put up a lot of points. And so it's probably not unexpected that Wright State scored at least their average. But there were some execution breakdowns for the Mastodons defensively. I don't think it was effort. I, I think they were trying But they just were not executing. They weren't in the right position. In other words, they'd hustle to a spot, but they'd end up behind a guy that they needed to be in front of. Uh, Or they'd they'd, uh, come over to double team, but then wouldn't be able to pick the right spot for when they had to shoot back out to their guy to close out for a triple. And it left somebody open. So Wright State got a lot of shots up. And they made 67% of them or 66% of them for the game. So you knew going in that Wright State could really shoot the basketball. But if you look at these numbers, think about this. For the game, the Mastodon shot 54% from the field. They forced Wright State into 17 turnovers. And the Mastodon scored 58 points in the second half alone. And lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty insane. (laughs) Scored 98 points and had three players that scored at least 23 points and lost
1: but we can see that the the formula and the building blocks to you know applying that to other games are still there there's the the Mastodons are still following the formula that's gotten them wins it's just right state had an insane <laughs> offensive night and uh, got a lot of possessions just, to do so
0: well they shot 67% in the first half and at halftime Chris and I were talking that uh you know the goal for the Mastodons is to try to you know stay around and, until that shooting percentage comes back and and you know water levels itself out so to speak <laughs> Uh, and in the second half, obviously, the Mastodons did do a much better job defensively because they took them down from 67% in the first half to 65%. What a job. Oh, man. Yeah, they just they never slowed down. They didn't. And uh, the Dons found themselves, I think they were down 23 at one point in the second half. And credit to the Mastodons, they don't quit. They play hard. They still force tur- some late turnovers. And they got this game down to seven points with about a minute left. And then couldn't get any closer. Lost by eight. 106 to 98 was the final. Uh Rashid Bello with twenty-three points, Jalen Jackson with twenty-four, and Quentin Morton Robertson with twenty-six points. And uh for Wright State, they ended up with that sixty-six percent shooting percentage from the field, thirty-nine percent from three. They had twenty-two assists on their made baskets. And uh, as I mentioned, they are the number one team out of 362 teams in the country. Wright State is number one in field goal percentage. And they showed everybody who attended that game on Saturday why. No kidding. Now the Dons have a big one coming up on Wednesday because they go on the road. Now that completed the first five in the conference. The Dons are 4-1. and one. The good news, no one else in the conference has one loss. Everybody has two losses or more except the Mastodons. So they're all alone in first place still. But uh, but they've played four of their first five at home. Some of the teams have played three out of the five on the road. I don't know if anybody has played four out of five on the road. But uh, the Mastodons will head to Youngstown State to take on the Penguins Wednesday night, 630 with a 6:15 15 pregame show.
1: Looking forward to it. Should be another exciting Horizon League matchup for the Dons. Just a reminder we are streaming the show live on Facebook Live today. We had our friend uh, Justin Cohn weigh in on the Facebook Live. <laughs> he said, Brett
0: is totally scared of clowns.
1: Don't let him tell you different. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well, um, you know, I, I'm kind of freaked out by dolls. I'll be, I'll be oh, honest. okay. So like a Chucky or like Annabelle. Annabelle. I mean who isn't freaked out about Chucky? Yeah. yeah. But just you know, dolls because to me they they're they're possessed. Every doll is possessed. Every doll is possessed. Yeah, they're like voodoo. So they're, you go into a, a granny's house, some old lady's oh, house, just got like, a doll on the shelf. Don't, don't put me in the room with all the dolls. Yeah. No, uh, no. no not really. Uh four six eight six two is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Four six eight six two. Finally, Indiana kind of figured out the right formula against Ohio State on Saturday night. Uh, first of all, you got to run the offense through Malik Renew. Okay. He's your key offensive weapon. And it's got to go inside, outside, or it's got to go in to Renew. Uh, eventually, Renew can step outside. You know, he's kind of a stretch five where he can play the post, but he can step out and hurt you outside the three point line. Um, you know, the Hoosiers only turned it over four times against Ohio State on Saturday night. They were five for 12 from three-point land. I said before, I said they, you know, they can't take bad three-point shots. They've got to pick the right shots to take and then hit a better percentage than what they were hitting earlier this season. Five for 12 is outstanding. That's that's really a good number. They held Ohio State to 26% three-point shooting. That's been an area that's really hurt the Hoosiers. And uh, defensively, uh, Indiana allowed. Just uh, 36.2% field goal shooting, forced 14 turnovers, and had eight steals. So they turned up the energy defensively. Uh, C.J. Gunn, how about the night he had with 10 points? Uh, Malik Reno, as we said, he ended up uh, over the last four games now averaging 24 points per game. He has 37 for his last 58 from the field. He's eight for his last 12 from beyond the three-point line. He is right now, you know, we we kept talking about Indiana trying to search and find an identity. Well, now we kind of know what Indiana is, and they have to go through Malik Renew. Xavier Johnson, maybe that one game got the rust off because he was much better on Saturday night with 18 points and did not turn it over after turning it over four times against uh, Nebraska earlier in the week. So, Indiana gets an important win against Ohio State. And I'm not going to say this is a big win because it's an expected win. Uh, You know, these are the kind of losses that would keep you out of the tournament. But it's not the kind of win that really puts you in. They still have to earn those on the road at some tough places to play. And uh, their next game is at the Rack, And that's not necessarily considered based on analytics and statistics as a tough place to play But it is a tough place to play because you have 8,000 fans right on top of you, and Indiana has struggled against Rutgers. So tomorrow night is an important game for Indiana.
1: Absolutely. It was a good win, Uh, Big Ten play for Indiana, but I don't think Hoosier fans to just all of a sudden think that the season's turned around now.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, so uh, plenty to talk about. The Colts, of course, their season over. We now know uh, some of the roster moves that they make as their end-of-season roster announcements. Uh, they've uh, gone ahead and uh, given one-year contract extensions to Daryl Baker Jr., the corner, Trevor Denbo, the safety, Cameron McGrone, a linebacker, and Segan Olubi, uh, who is the uh, backup linebacker, who basically got some opportunity there once they... Uh, Packed up Shaq uh, Leonard.
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit more playing time. And uh, yeah,
0: they have waived corner Tony Brown. As you heard in our update earlier, he was one of the two Colts involved in a situation that uh, forced their suspension from the team. And so now he is officially waived. Uh, he was under suspension through the end of the season, but now he's no longer a Colt uh they've also uh added to the list of reserve future contracts um and uh am trying to see if there's a name that's even worth mentioning <laughs> on not really most of these guys are probably practice squad yes yeah, guys, yeah. Right? i mean th- at that point their future yeah. yeah but we will talk about the Colts schedule because we know now who the colts are going to play home and away for next season how tough will it be as anthony richardson should return and take over the reins of this indianapolis colts offense We've got that. We've got Don Fisher joining us, our 15 Minutes with Fish. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook right now, streaming the show at facebook.com slash 1380thefan. And if you'd like to win the Shrine Circus ticket vouchers, we've got those to give away. All you've got to do is text CLOWNS to 46862. That's CLOWNS to 46862 to be in the running to win today's four-pack. In fact, uh... We've got a four-pack giveaway every day this week. We're going to be busy. Uh, We've got lots of giveaways. So uh, go ahead and give it a shot. 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. And you could be a winner today with the Sports Rush. And we'll come back. Hour number two on the other side, 1380 The Fan and 100.9FM.